You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Actually, it's the, it's the lead play in our, in our offense. Double tackle. Defensive end. If he's over, if he's back, he's drive down the first man who's inside. Pull back and get him. Take the first man outside. No one shows. Your right by this and field this back. YN has the linebacker taken out, that's inside. The YN has the linebacker in, he comes all the way around. So look at this play, what we're trying to get is a seal here, and a seal here, and try to run this play in the alley. What's up, guys? Welcome into Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. I'm joined alongside the host of the Packernet Fantasy Podcast, Jacob. Jacob, buddy, what's going on today, man? How's the weather up your way? It is ungodly hot. Uh, we're in a stretch now again of like 96 degrees uh, today, yesterday, and for the next two days. And after that, kind of dips down into actual Wisconsin. So I'm, I'm so excited for actual Wisconsin September weather, dude. I don't know if, yeah. if you've been up here in the fall, but you got to come up before the colors start changing and just drive in any direction for like an hour. And it's, <laughs> it's unreal, dude. Super, super cool. Heck yeah. We, uh, like I said, we went to the Hudson Valley last fall and got to see those colors and it was absolutely gorgeous. Uh, Wisconsin's definitely on my list. I, mm-hmm. I don't think there's a better time than, than October in Wisconsin, October in Green Bay. Um, man, I, when we when we were up there last year, if you remember, um, we were up there in the Hudson Valley during the Patriots game, and you obviously hosted the post game show for me. And the whole time I'm watching that game on my phone while we we're out at dinner, uh, you know, Patriots Packers, and I'm like, man, it just looks Lambo looked absolutely perfect that day because it was in October. It's just it's got to be gorgeous up there for sure. Oh, yeah. um, all right, guys, here's what we're gonna do tonight. Um, obviously, we've got a little bit of a dead time here in this little mini buy, if you will before the season actually starts. So what we thought we would do is rather than just trying to either say one, you know, hey, listen, guys, we're going to take some time off and not do any podcasts. Uh, we know we know the viewership's going to be down. We totally expect that. We got college football on tonight, all that. We thought, why not do something constructive 
and say, let's look at the salary cap a bit. Let's look ahead to 2024 real quick. And, and some people are going, why are you why are you even worried about 2024, Clayton? The 2023 season hasn't even started yet. This is what the front office is doing right now, guys. They're projecting ahead. They're looking at the roster next year and go, who can we afford to keep? Where can we cut some money out? Um, who's worth keeping? How can we get creative and restructuring their contract and making the salary cap work, right? So that's the things that they're focused on right now is are, they're already looking ahead to 2024, so why not we – go from that same perspective, right? Kind of kind of go from that same angle. So that's the goal to not want to say hi to everybody in the chat. Dakota in the house. We got Cheesehead Murph, Murph. Uh, obviously a YouTube member, member of the, uh, I'm, I'm going to say the president of the PTA posse. Him and uh, Eric Sutherland are, are uh, pre- I guess co-presidents would be the best way to say it. Of course, nowadays you, no matter which side of the aisle on, you don't want to be associated with president. That's for damn sure. But anyway, that's a topic for another day. Um, we got Perfect Dark in the house. We got Kevin Wolf. He says, good evening from hot, dry western Wisconsin. I'm ready for the fall cool down. That's exactly what Jacob just said. You know, it's funny, Jacob, because down here we got a little cool off the last couple of days. It's supposed to get back into the 90s next week. But, um, yeah, it's been it's been really nice the last couple of days, dude. It's been awesome down here. So I'm excited about getting into fall weather consistently, too. Um, let's see. We got Mike. We got Brad in the chat. Brad says it best, man. He knows exactly. He's speaking my language. Let's nerd out. That's what we're going to do tonight, Brad. You're not going to understand. You're going to, you're going to try to figure out if we're talking about Packers salary cap or we're doing our taxes. You won't have any clue tonight. Can we just do one random thing right off the bat? Yeah, let's do it, man. Yo, Deion Sanders, Colorado. His son passed for, it was like 500 yards. (laughs) Like, and they beat TCU 45 to 43. And they're like, Dion was like sitting down. Did you hear what he said? Did you hear what Dion said? No, I was at work most of the day. Bro, I'm going to play it for you right now. You know what? We may get a strike, and I don't even care because you got to hear this. This is absolutely awesome. The guy is single handedly changing college football. Like, yeah. I'm just. This is. There was another clip where he's actually calling out a specific media member, which was hilarious. But let me uh, pull this up. This was him after the game. Listen to him talk. Can you see the screen, Jacob? Yeah, I got you. All right, listen to this. Coach Prime, it doesn't get much better than this. You said all along, we come in, this team is here, and wow, did you impress. How proud are you? Thank you, Jesus. I'm so thankful right now. My son, man. My pop right here. My son, my other son. Man, I'm loving these kids. Rick George for giving me this opportunity, man. This is a blessing. Everybody, Buff Nation, who supported us in all the hood that had my back. I thank y'all. God, this is good. What can you tell me about your defense and the way they came up huge with that stop to get this win? They surrendered some big plays throughout the game, and we all we kept teaching was just we need one stop, one stop. What about the offense? How did they respond? How did these guys respond? I don't know how many snaps he played, but we're going to put a hot tub on the plane for him. (laughs) We are heading to visit your home next week, Folsom Field. What is the fans of what we can expect from Colorado? We told you we're coming. We told you we're coming. You thought we were joking. And guess what? We keep receipts. God bless you, America. God is good. Congratulations. I love it, dude. I absolutely love that guy. I'm telling you. And there was a time when I thought, you know, Dion was just kind of, oh, he's soft. He's this, he's that. Man, that dude is old school. If you hear him talk on the McAfee show or any interview, he's all about, look, we ain't coddling anybody. And if if he sits down in, in a recruitment, you know, visit with a kid and all they're talking about is how much NIL am I going to get, he moves on. He's like, you got to love the game. You got to love being a part of a team. Dion is just awesome. I know uh, the angry casual fans said Dion's son, the goat, until further notice. <laughs> I love it, man. <laughs> love it, love it, love it. All right, so let's talk about Packers' salary cap. Let's get to the boring part now. 
I'm glad you brought it up, Jacob, because college football, I've got the quad box, so I, you can't see the TV. i got a TV right here with the quad box on. we got college football everywhere. Some of them are universities I've never heard of, Podunk University versus, you know, Valdosta Recreational School or something. I don't know, but it's football, right? It's live football. Um, let's do this. Let's kind of jump right into the 2024 cap for the Green Bay Packers, okay? I like to get ahead of this every year because you're going to hear some grumblings coming up from the cap gurus, the doom and gloomers who are going to be screaming, we don't have money to spend. And, you know, some just brushed over the fact that we offered Devontae Adams more money than the Raiders did, right? But somehow we don't have any money to spend, which just absolutely blows me away that people still believe that. We're going to try to give you a little bit better understanding of how how they maneuver around the cap, okay, and this whole cash over cap game. And we're going to look at some of the players who are coming up for contract here in 2024, as well as players who are kind of due for a restructure, okay? That's the goal. Understand this. I'm not claiming to be a cap guru. I will say it until the end of time. I am no expert at the cap. I'm just simply taking past information, past contract negotiations, things that have happened in the past, which is what we call precedent, right, and applying it to the current roster and trying to X out of the equation. What what are they not willing to do? What are they willing to do? And who uh, make the most sense as far as players for those type of restructures, things like that. So I'm going to go ahead and share this with you, Jacob, on the screen. This is the 2024 salary cap for the Green Bay Packers. Now, you can find all this information at spotrack.com, guys. It's free. Do me a favor when you get when we get done with this stream, go over there and click on their website, browse around a little bit, give them a click, give them some love because the fact that this information is free to all of us on the internet is absolutely awesome. But when we look ahead to the 2024 cap, okay, essentially what you've got is adjusted salary cap is 251.4 million, active contracts are 230 million. Dead cap is only 463,000, but I thought we were kicking the can down the road, guys. I thought we were we were being so irresponsible with this salary cap that we're never going to dig out of it. That you see what I'm saying? Like we we're actually due to roll over 10.9 million in cap this year. Okay. So total cap in all 231.2 million. Your total cap for the top 51. What does that mean? Only the top 51 uh contracts on your roster, on your, you know, uh, on your, on your docket, if you will, those are the only ones that count. So you, you basically the bottom two, the two cheapest of the 53 man roster don't even count towards the cap. Okay. So it's what they call the top 51. That number is at 231.2. Your estimated cap space going into 2024 is 20.2 million. Okay. So your estimated cap space um, with the, the top 51 is that same exact number. Now, when we look at that, Jacob, to the best of my knowledge, that does not include our draft class, okay? So what I did was I kind of looked at the 2023 draft class, and we're going to subtract that from this cap space, okay? Now, understand the 2023 uh, draft class was kind of expensive because I think we had 12 or 13 picks. So last year, it was $14.2 million is what we spent. So if you subtract that, subtract that from the 20.2, which that is the projected Salary cap for 2024. Understand everything's kind of factored in with Spotrack. It's going to be off roughly $5 million in anything that you calculate has been my understanding of the buffer in doing this the last five years. Okay. So um, essentially what we're going to have is $6 million in cap space once that draft class, if it was the same as 2023, but I like to, you know, under promise over deliver, it's probably not going to be that much for the Packers. And if so, you're probably going to get a little bit of an adjustment of the cap space going up a little more than they're actually predicting. It seems like they always undershoot it rather than overshoot it. So the big, the big topic here, Jacob, first of all, 6 million doesn't sound like a whole lot of money, does it? Uh, not off the cuff. No, but uh, when you know how to spend it, 
I mean, to me, six million, you give me six million dollars, I'm gonna be you're never gonna see me again. <laughs> right. with, with like some some deep like I, you're never gonna see me again unless I want you to see me. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, I would have so many banjos and shotguns with six million dollars. <laughs> you would you would never hear me stop singing about rich men in Richmond, man. I'm just telling you right. <laughs> But uh, anyway, so let's look at the top. Let's key in on the top five cap hits for 2024. At number one, you've got David Bakhtiari, okay? His cap hit, I'm going to focus on the cap hit, then we'll talk about the specifics of each of these five here in just a second. His cap is $40.4 million for next year, okay? $40.4 million. Second highest cap hit is Kenny Clark at 27.4. Third highest is Jair Alexander at 24.3. Fourth highest is Aaron Jones at 17.7. And fifth highest is Preston Smith at 16.5. Then sixth, you've got Elton Jenkins at 14.5. Okay, now let's let's talk about how those break down here. And and really, we're going to spend a good chunk of this on David Bakhtiari because he's kind of the big talk, right, Jacob? You know, everybody's constantly talking about – let me take this off for just a second. Everybody's kind of talking about how um, David Bakhtiari, there's no chance he returns as a Green Bay Packer. I think at this point right now, I'm kind of at a 50-50. Like, I think there's a 50% chance he returns, 50% chance he does it. And I'll explain why, okay? As we look at the details of his contract, essentially what he's got is one more year left, right? And they've already did some restructure where the restructure aspect of it falls under about 13 uh, million flat, 13.06 million, right? So when you look at his cap hit, how does that 40.4 comprise? Like, how, how does that come about, right? When you look at it, essentially what you've got is, with the 40.4, you've got 10.7 in base salary, 6 million flat in signing bonus, 9.5 in roster bonus, and then you got your roster GM at 500 grand, you got your workout at 700 grand. You don't even have to understand what those mean. I don't I don't waste time digging into those. I'm going to explain why here in just a second. Your restructure aspect of the bonus is 13 million where they've already restructured. That makes his cap hit 40.4. His dead cap is 19 million dollars. So what's that mean? If they cut him loose, we could free up roughly 19 million or we could free up a little over 20 million dollars. So essentially you've got 40.4 million dollar cap hit. You got 19 flat and dead cap. You could free up 21.4 million dollars, okay? And again, the three numbers that we always talk about, guys, that you really want to key in on these contracts are the base salary, which is 10.7, the signing bonus, which is 6. The signing bonus is his, there's not a thing you can do about it. That's money already in his pocket. It's it's done deal, it's already on the cap. And then you've got a roster bonus of nine and a half. So let's trickle it down to those two numbers, base salary and roster bonus. You can convert those two numbers into signing bonus and basically write a check to David Bakhtiari or any other player. It puts money directly in their pocket, and then you could spread that out over the duration of the contract. Now, if you look at the contract, this is the that's going to be the final year, so there's nothing you can do there, right? So immediately people think, well, we just have to cut them out, right? Right? Well, we have to trade them. That's definitely an option. That's one of the three options. But what you could do is tack on what we call voidable years, right? You could tack on three or four voidable years, and then you could convert that money. Let's say you convert, you know, five million of the base salary and five million of the roster bonus and free up 10 million. Then you could spread that out over the four years or three years, two years, however many years you want to do. If you did it, let's say you did it for five years and it's only going to count against two million against the cap for those five years avoidable, avoidable, you know, years on the contract. So against the cap moving forward, you would be looking at roughly two million per each year. Now, 
when you look at it from that perspective, essentially what you've got is $20.7 million in possible restructure. What we found, and, and we nailed it, Jacob, I don't know if you remember this or not, but this this past year when we did this, when we kind of broke this down in the offseason and we got ready for February to hit with the restructures, we literally hit all five players that were going to be restructured, and we nailed it, and we were right in the ballpark of where it's going to be. I like to give kind of a, a low ball, like, hey, I think this is the minimum that they'll restructure and free up. Here's the maximum they'll restructure and free up is kind of how I like to look at it. So with David Bakhtiar, you've got 20.7 that you could clear up or you could just cut them outright and free up 21.4, but you're missing one of the best left tackles in the game. Now the question is, is he going to stay healthy, right? Before I dig into any more information here when it comes to David Bakhtiari, how do you feel on the surface about David Bakhtiari? Do you think it would be worth it to kick some money down the road or are you just like, hey, look, let's just cut ties and move on? How do you feel as, as Jacob, the Packer fan? To be completely honest with you, Clayton, and I'll be honest with the viewers, the whole contract situation, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me, even when I can see it on paper. And I'm not an idiot with numbers. Like I, I'm i a GM of a restaurant. I, I look at uh, schematics, you know what I mean? Logistics, projections, blah, blah, blah. But when I look at a NFL, <laughs> an NFL contract, it just makes my eyes kind of cross because there's so many variables, it seems like, with certain things. But with a guy like Bakhtiari, it, it just to me seems like, and like you talked about how the Packers, basically it's very rare for an offensive lineman to get a third contract with the Packers. Isn't that kind of protocol? Yeah. They just, they draft and develop and then churn that thing. And I'll go on record here. I know Clayton didn't say this, but I think still, I am I am the conspiracy theorist here at heart. I think Bakhtiari <laughs> still could be traded. I still want to be on this. On this, it's definitely an option. Definitely, I literally am saying this because, but I don't understand necessarily if that was an option. What part of his contract transfers, which doesn't? Is there anything that you see in David Bakhtiari's contract that would actually be logistically possible for the Packers? Because I've seen a lot of things like, yeah, if they were to trade Bakhtiari, there's a lot of stuff that they have to move down the road, kind of thing, like you talked about. Is is there any like? Cause there's a big cap hit kind of thing, right? If you were to trade them and, and, but I, I don't know again, like enough about the logistics about this. Is there any way that you see David Bakhtiari getting traded in a lot of that cap stuff being rearranged because of that? Absolutely. You know, any, any of the, the money that's remaining on the contract will go to the new team, you know, and I, I'm not going to try to go down the rabbit hole of all the details of what money would stay, what money would go. You know, everybody pretended like they had the Aaron Rodgers thing figured out. I simply posted on Twitter one day, hey, look, you know, one of the best case scenarios for the Packers is if he does return, right, or he or he does retire, here's the money that's going to be freed up. And people, oh, you're an idiot. You don't know what you're talking about. Then lo and behold, he ends up getting traded where that, to me, that made the least amount of sense. The fact that we would absorb a 40 to $41 million cap hit or penalty this year. Now, why, why did we get hit with that? Because that's guaranteed money that we had already paid him that we had pushed down the road. And when a player is no longer on your roster, what happens is that gets accelerated to you. You know, like with these voidable years, if we tack vo four voidable years on, but then we cut him before the contract, before he played the contract out, then to the best of my knowledge, there, now there could be some loopholes there. The voidable years, that will actually accelerate to the current year. Therefore, what's the point? But to answer your question, to me, the easiest way to look at this, and again, this can be maneuvered, this can be massaged, uh, there can be restructures to make 
make the deals, you know, fall into place the way they want it. But essentially, you want to look at the cap hit and the dead cap. So if you get rid of David Bakhtiari, you're going to be freeing up that $21 million. So right. if you trade David Bakhtiari, essentially, that's a good starting point that you could say that's still the money that we free up. So if, you, if you're if you not interested in David Bakhtiari being your left tackle in 2024, you could trade him. Now, granted, there's not a lot of teams that are going to say, hey, yeah, we'll take that entire contract on and we'll give you a first-round pick for a guy who might, you know, he's 33 years old now. He's going to be 33 in 2024. How much longer is he going to play? Right. You know, who maybe so, would? The Jets. <laughs> <laughs> the Jets would. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah and – yeah, and again, it you know it, what it comes down to is what does Goody want to do? You know, because that's the one thing that that you've got to understand. Goody is in complete control here, like he is under contract. Now, this is these are the three options. Okay, let's do it this way. The three options are one, we can ask David Bakhtiari, Bakhtiari to take a pay cut. Right now, people are going, oh, there's no way he'd take a pay cut. I'll explain here in a minute why he probably would. Two, the second option is you can convert anywhere from five to fifteen million dollars to signing bonus and tack on voidable years, kick that can down the road a bit. And again, it, it's not going to be an amount where you go, "Oh my God, that's going to put us in cap hell." It wouldn't at all. And and essentially, what you're doing is you're you're weighing out the pros and the cons, which we'll talk about here in a minute. Number three would be you cut or trade him to free up roughly twenty million dollars. Okay, so those are your three options. So let's do this. Let's back up a second and say, okay. When it comes to David Bakhtiari, what what should be a reasonable cap number for him in 2024? Because again, this is fake numbers, guys. This 40 point. When people say, "Oh my God, what are they going to do?" Is he's 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 going to get paid 40.4 million dollars in 2024? Uh, they they have to trade him. No, they don't have to trade him. And I'm going to explain why. The starting point needs to start with comparable contracts. Okay, who you, anytime you have a product, a good, a service, anything in business, Jacob, you know this as well as anyone. It's all about supply and demand. It's all about, okay, who is willing to pay that that amount of money for that player? And that determines the value of it. You know, I've talked about real estate. I've had real estate properties in the past. And you know, it doesn't matter what I think the property's worth. What matters is what someone else is willing to pay for the property. That's that's the true market value, right, of the property. So when you look at the players across the league in 2024, Trent Williams is at the top of the list. Well, I should say second behind Bakhtiari with cap hit at 28 million. Okay. Now Trent Williams is kind of long in the tooth like David Bakhtiari, but he is, I think he's hands down the best tackle in the game right now, personally. You've got Ronnie Stanley, who's a little bit younger. His cap hit is 26.1. Laramie Tunzel, who's a little bit younger, 25.9, and then DJ Humphreys at 22.9. So assuming that Bakhtiari is healthy, he goes out and plays lots out this year, you've got to compare him to Trent Williams. So the number that we're, we're competing against is $28 million in cap hit this year. Okay, And essentially, this is what happened to Aaron Jones. Everybody was saying, we're going to trade Aaron Jones, we're going to cut Aaron. Not everybody, I shouldn't say that. Most people were saying, we're going to trade Aaron Jones, we're going to cut Aaron Jones, right? And it didn't happen. Why didn't it happen? Because the way the structure of the contract was, they could go in and ask him to take a pay cut, and people were going, well, he was just a nice guy, and he didn't. Now, you got to understand that if they had cut him outright, you've seen what the running back market was this year. I was right? just saying. He, he could have he hit the market, Jacob, and only made $7 million. Right. So therefore, by taking that restructure, that quote unquote pay cut with the Packers, they convert base salary and or roster bonus to signing bonus, write him a fat check. And he's still making over eleven million dollars this year, which a lot of those running backs that banked on themselves didn't get. Right. Alvin Cook just barely got signed. Ezekiel Elliott barely got signed. Kareem Hunt's still a free agent. LeGarrette Blunt's still a free agent. You look at guys that are trying to hold out because I'm sorry that 
Aaron Jones did probably the smartest thing he could have done. And I was going to bring him up because like you talked about Clayton, I remember this time last year, everybody's like, they're never going to be able to re-sign Aaron Jones and blah, 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 blah. It's a stupid, like, it's negligent. It's it, and, and that's the thing is, you know that we're about to start hearing this, this talk ramp up. It's coming. With Rashawn Gary. Yep. And, and that's what's going to happen. And it's like, I'm not even worried about this crap anymore. Um, right. I, and that's, and, and this, that's the thing. Like when, when people say the salary cap is fake, I don't believe it's fake. I'm not one of those people. Of course, no. like always, the truth lies in the middle, right? And I'm not saying you're like that, Jacob, but essentially what you've got with the salary cap is it's very, very real when it comes to deadlines, because this stuff has got to be done by a certain day or, you know, your, your cap's flipped upside down. Go ahead. I just think it's not, it's not fake, but it's malleable. You know what I mean? You can mm-hmm. contort and twist the salary cap in ways that I don't even begin to understand. You guys, like I, I'm, I'm a decent numbers guy when you can see that two and two makes four. But when you start doing like calculus and crap like that, nah, I'll, yeah. I'll just take your word for it. And that's where like <laughs> right. when he said it, he, he would talk about it. He'd be like, man, we don't have to worry about this. We don't have to worry about that. And I'd be like, are you sure? Because are you sure about that? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it just, yeah, you no, sure about worried. that? Yeah. <laughs> you sure about so let's do this the three options pay cut okay the and I, I did it in quotations on my notepad pay cut right so you go to david bakhtiari let me pull up his contract one more time here and then we're gonna we're gonna fly through and move move real quick so you go to david bakhtiari and say okay dave you know you're not you know you're not gonna be on the roster for four point forty point four million right yeah okay cool well here's the options okay we can cut you outright you can go test the market and and try to get what you you know you think you deserve whatever. Now, what's that market for David Bakhtiari? I don't know, you know. They they know he, he's not going to play for the next 5 years, so it's going to be significantly less than these guys. So they could come to him and say, "We we still feel like you're an elite uh pass blocker, right? We want you to be the highest paid offensive lineman, right? The highest paid offensive lineman in the entire NFL." So Trent Williams next year Okay, his cap hit is $28 million. So you you basically got somewhere between five million, right? Five million in base salary and five million in uh in cash that that the that you could adjust this contract. So let's say that right now he's at 40.4 million. Okay. And let's say, okay, what we want to do, let's pay you $30 million. That's going to be your cap hit. How's that sound? That makes you the highest paid offensive lineman in the league, right? And people are going, well, why would he take that big of a pay cut? I'll tell you why. They'll go in and you could convert $5 million of the salary, right? And you could convert $5 million of the roster bonus. Basically, the roster bonus is that's $9.5 million that he gets if he's on the roster. Well, if he's cut, he doesn't get that money. He misses out on that, right? If he's not on the team, he misses out on that 10-7. Now he's banking on free agency and trying to get a deal, okay? So if you go to him and say, let's cut out $10 million out of this contract, but here's what we're going to do. You give us a $5 million discount, and we're going to take $5 million of the base salary, convert it to signing bonus. I will write you a $5 million check right now on the spot. You take that, and you can put that right. You know, matter of fact, Dave, we'll have it direct deposit, so you ain't even got to drive to the bank, brother. So <laughs> you do that. You put $5 million in his pocket. He doesn't have to test the market. He's still the highest paid left tackle, and you freed up $10 million because that's the deal. We're going to shave $5 million off the salary and $5 million off the roster bonus, therefore freeing up $10 million, but we'll convert $5 million of it to signing bonus, okay? So that's how you would free up $10 million, right? Now, the other thing 
Um, that's that's the pay cut aspect. The other thing is if he says, nope, I ain't working with it. You guys figure it out. I'm under contract. You can cut me and I'll test the market, blah, blah, blah. They can play hardball and go, okay, here's what we're going to do then. Why don't we just convert the contract, okay? He's not going to give us any kind of discount. Then what you can do is you can take, let's say, um, 5 to $15 million. Let's just call it $10 million for easy math again. Do that same conversion, right, on those two numbers. You're going to free up. You're going to basically – convert 5 million in base salary and 5 million of roster bonus. That's 10 total million. You're going to write him a check for $10 million. Some people go, well, why would he do that? Cause he ain't going to turn down a $10 million check. <laughs> he's going to, again, he's going to jump all over that opportunity, right? So you take that $10 million. Okay. And then you, um, Tack on voidable years, whether it's two years, five, you know, four years, whatever. Let's say it's four years for or five years for easy math. That $10 million, you spread that out. So in 2025, he won't be on the roster, but he'll be $2 million against the cap. In 2026, he won't be on the roster, but he'll be $2 million against the cap, so on and so forth. Okay. That's the other thing you can do. Or it's cut or trade him. So really what it comes down to is what we call a cost analysis comparison. Okay. So what you're looking at and going, okay, is it worth it to have an all pro left tackle? for $28 million per uh, against the cap in 2024. Is it worth it for that? In my opinion, if he's at the top of his game and he proves he's healthy, absolutely. Absolutely. That's I would want him on the roster, right? Now, again, what you're going to do too is the 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 other side of the coin, if you just cut him out right, would you rather have 20 million in cap space? Well, some people will go that sounds good. Okay. Left tackle in my opinion is the second most important position on the offensive side of the ball, right? So if it's the second most important position only behind the quarterback, guess what you got to do now? You got to go find a left tackle. Now, some people would say put Zach Tom over there, put Rasheed Walker over there. Understand the play is going to be significantly less when it comes to David Bakhtiari. I, I think we're all on the same page, Jacob, thinking I don't think Zach Tom or Rasheed Walker is on David Bakhtiari when he's healthy's level, right? Like that's just not the case. So that's the cost analysis comparison you got to do and say, okay, is it worth it? Now you could free up 20 million in cap space and also, uh, and possibly pick up draft picks too. It's just, I don't think that people are going to be willing to trade that much when it comes to, to an aging left tackle who's had injury concerns. So that's really the options we see based off those three options. What does Jacob want to do? You're the GM, you're Brian Gutekunst for a day. How do you want to handle the David Bakhtiari situation in 2024? I'm Brian. So I I have full control of the whole team. Is it only in David Bakhtiari's case? No. Um, I guess what I would do is, like what you said, what you have to do now is start looking at Bakhtiari's contract to see an asset or a liability. Right. Going into his age, going into his injury situation, going into what he can provide for the team, going into the fact that, like you talked about, we have Walker, we have Jones, we have um, uh, Yash possibly, we have Tom, we have a lot of other guys that have, shown that they can do Elton Jenkins for crying out loud can play left tackle. To me, I just don't see any aspect of where we're going to extend Bakhtiari in any way. I think that there's all the incentive in the world for us to either trade him or to try to just get somebody to take a little bit of that back into that contract. And to me, again, I don't want to sound like a, uh, you know, I, I just think that the jets make more sense. I, and Aaron Rodgers, I don't know him taking a drastic pay cut almost to the exact amount it would take to sign someone. <laughs> right. However, it was almost, it was borderline trolling, wasn't it? <laughs> it's, like puzzle piece. It's, it's literally puzzle piece. This piece fits into that piece. And to me, that's just, again, I, I might be a, just a crazy, I'm wearing a tinfoil hat. I, you know, I'm finger painting with my poop kind of stuff. I don't know, man. I'm just, I could be crazy, but 
I think yeah, he not only rambled, but he rumbled and stumbled. <laughs> just imagine John Madden with a foil hat on. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I just think that uh, it's a possibility, and I don't think that we should be shocked, especially when you look at our depth at that offensive line right now, like I talked mm-hmm. about, man. We got guys. We have so many really key guys that are on their offensive rookie contracts. You know what I'm saying? Or or just overall, though, that three-year contract and guys that we drafted in late rounds that, I mean, could be legit starters either this year or next year. And we've done it within the last two draft classes. And uh, did you, by the way, see that Tariq Carpenter got signed by the Pittsburgh Steelers? Yeah, to the practice squad, right? Is, yeah. it, is it? Okay. Well, hey, good for yeah. him. I'm just glad that, you know, he gets to move yeah. on and, and continue his – NFL career at the moment, but yeah, man, I'm just, uh, I'm super excited. I don't, I don't know what to, to say about it, but. So you're looking to, you're looking to cut ties with David Bakhtiari. That would be your decision, right? It, I'm not looking okay. to do it, but I'm just saying financially, it sounds reasonable. That's a lot better. And it just sounds like we've got, we've got other, we got other buns in the oven and they're ready to go. Yeah. Other buns in the oven. I like it, man. All right. So the way I would approach it is I would go to them and offer the pay cut scenario the quote-unquote pay cut scenario and say, hey, look, you're still the highest paid left tackle in the game. We'll be able to shave this money off the contract. We'll kick a couple avoidable years and make it even more easy for us to uh, to, to absorb that contract and uh, have him for one more year, then, then cut ties with him. That's the way that I would approach it. It gives Jordan Love arguably the best left tackle in the game when healthy. And, again, this year is going to play a big role in this too, Jacob. If we come out and we crap the bed and we only win three games, Bakhtiari trade him. That's my opinion. Because yeah. now you're looking at a team and going, okay, we're not as close as we thought we were. Let's kind of reshuffle here. Let's try to get some assets. Let's roll that cap in. Even if we don't spend it, let's roll that cap over into the next year and kind of gear ourselves up for a three- to five-year window with Jordan Love. So that's definitely the way that I would look at that. Um, all right, before we move on to the next one, I want to give a shout-out here real quick to uh, the official sponsor, of Packernet Podcast, Old Southern Barbecue Smokehouse. Uh, guys, this episode is brought to you by Old Southern Barbecue. Their award-winning sauces and rubs will add flavor to your Packers watch parties. The Sweet and Tangy Dixie Red Sauce Packs, a one-two punch with brown sugar and molasses. And the Spicy Chicago Fire Sauce brings the heat with its fiery chili blend. Compete the champion, Complete the championship flavor profile with their secret recipe, brisket and rib rubs. And for the ultimate game day experience, let Old Southern Barbecue handle the catering for you. Their smoked meats, homemade sides, and cornbread muffins will have your crowd cheering. Visit OldSouthernBarbecue.com today for catering menus and to order their mouth-watering sauces and rubs. Again, that's Old Southern Barbecue Smokehouse. They've got five locations at Rice Lake, Hudson, Arden Hills, Minneapolis, and Shakopee. Check them out, www.com oldsouthernbarbecue.com. All right, let's move on to the next section here. The next guy that we had on the list, you guys remember we looked at the cap. The next highest cap hit is our boy Kenny Clark. Jacob, this is where things get kind of interesting, right? So what I did was we're not going to go as in-depth with Kenny Clark, but I want to look at each of these next uh, four contracts here to kind of give everybody an idea of how we can free up money for the cap, okay? And then we're going to talk about Rashawn Gary, A.J. Dillon, and Keyshawn Nixon being free agents. So with Bakhtiari, essentially what you've got is up to $20 million that you can free up in cap. Okay, keep in mind, with the the past rookie uh, rookie draft class cap hit from 2023, which we think it'll be significantly lower than that, but we're going to go with that higher number just to play it safe. We're sitting at $6 million in the black for 2024 as it sits right now. So you could potentially free up $20 million with Bakhtiari. Then you've got Kenny Clark here. 
With Kenny Clark and restructures, essentially what I've got is you've got roughly $14 million that you could free up with Kenny Clarks. What does that mean in 2024? Now, here's the other thing. When we talk about precedent, I want to mention this. You, you can see this contract, right, Jacob? Yep, I got it. Okay. So you notice the red numbers on the bottom, 25, 26, and 27? You see that? Yep. So those are the voidable years. We've already tacked voidable years onto Kenny Clark. Now, he's going to be 29 years old in 2024. He's going to have a base salary of 15.5. His sign-in bonus is $5 million, and his roster bonus is only $750,000. Remember, those are the three numbers you want to key in on. Okay, those are the three you want to keep in. Now, if you look at his cap hit, it's $27.4 million, but his dead cap is 24.2. So essentially, if you cut Kenny Clark, right? You're only going to free up roughly $3 million. It's something else to keep in mind is this stuff on the backside. I know there are some scenarios, some occasions where these voidable years on the backside would then accelerate into the current year. So that's why when I talk about precedent with these contracts with voidable years, they typically let them play them out. That way those voids stay intact for the future. Okay. So they don't accelerate to the current year. Now I've heard some scenarios where they've got a loophole. They can work around that. But when it comes to the green Bay Packers, to the best of my knowledge and anyone in the chat, if you disagree and you know about this, feel free to let us know. Okay. Cause I haven't seen it. I don't think they have ever tacked voidable years onto a contract. They being the green Bay Packers, other teams may have, I don't think they've ever done that and not let the player Two things here, not let the player play the contract out, in this case for Kenny Clark through 2024. And also, I don't think they've ever re-signed them after they played that out. Hmm. So like Adrian Amos was one I thought they would re-sign. Remember, we were like, oh, man, I think they'll give him yeah. a deal, you know, get him for cheap. He still had voidable years. They chose not to do it. It's almost like when they go this route. And again, it's just precedent. I'm not saying they won't do this in the future, but to the best of my knowledge, they never have done this in the future. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. 
Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Once they reach this point, they're done with them. Okay, that's typically what it seems like. I'm not suggesting that they're done with Kenny Clark after 2024. There may be something else that happens. There, hell, there may even be new loopholes in the CBA and the, and the current contract, uh, you know, structure negotiations, all that stuff that come into play. But in this case, 15 and a half uh, million for base salary that can be converted to signing bonus and then spread out over those voidable years that are already in place. Okay. You've seen that with Aaron Jones as well with his contract, which we'll get there in a minute. So with Kenny Clark, the number is 14 million. So you've got Bakhtiari, 20 million, Kenny Clark, 14 million. Let's move on to Jair Alexander. He's the next highest cap hit. His cap hit for 2024 is 24.3 million. His dead cap is 27, meaning if you cut him outright or traded him, you're still going to be on the hook for 3 million. There's no way we're doing that, obviously. Jair's uh, the backbone of the secondary. He's going to be on the team for for you know foreseeable future. So you got a potential out in 2025. We won't even talk about that stuff. He's going to be 27 years old next year. He's got a base salary of 6.6 million. His signing bonus is 6 million. His roster bonus is 8 8 million, okay? So essentially what you've got with Jair is roughly 14 million that you could convert to signing bonus and free up in cap. So that goes along with the others. Up next is Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones's cap hit uh, for 2024 is 17.7 million. His dead cap is 12.3. If you cut him outright or traded him, you could you could free up roughly right at five million right off the bat for Aaron Jones. Okay. Now, but again, we've never seen that happen. And in some cases, those voidable years accelerate to the current year, which suggests he's going to play for the Packers in 2024, guys. And a lot of people don't realize this. Now, when you look at the way this is structured, Remember his cap hit this year, Jacob, was like $11 million, right? And he's right at the top of, uh, of the running back market in the top five. He chose to take a pay cut, but just like I laid out for David Bakhtiari's potential deal, when when Aaron Jones took the pay cut, it, it yes, it was a pay cut, but they also cut him a fat check of a signing bonus, right? So overall, he took less money as far as the cap hit that's distributed with the team, but he also came out with more guaranteed money right off the bat. And obviously, if he would have – if he would have said no to that deal, they would have, they would have cut him, and he would have tested the market. He would have got significantly less. So okay. eleven point. I was Go just going to ask real quick, just like, do you think that he played a smart man's game? And we all want to. If I had my way right now, if I could just press the big red button, Aaron Jones would retire a Packer. He would keep that five and a half <laughs> yards per carry for the rest of his career, um, and he would take a pay cut every single year, right? But so. It, was it smarter for Aaron Jones? And and I want to think that this dude is maybe a lot smarter than the average running back because it seems to me he looked at the market, he saw what was going on, he sees that there's guys like like we talked about, Kareem Hunt, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, big time top five running backs that have been drafted in whatever scenario, you know, whatever you want to talk about for the last five years that are barely getting signed. And if they are getting signed, they're taking, like you talked about, drastic pay cuts. Was he very smart in playing the market as he did? And if so, like why and how does that contract benefit him? Like you talked about, even though he maybe took a pay cut, quote unquote, but in, he gets a bigger check. Can you just dive into that just a little bit more for people like me that don't quite understand the terms? Yeah. yeah so <clears throat> unfortunately, this is the updated contract. I wish I had the old one. But essentially what you had was they went to Aaron Jones and said, look, it's exactly what I just laid out for Bakhtiari. They could go to Bakhtiari and go, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know, we can cut you outright, and we free up 20.7 million, right? You still, you still already got paid that 19 million, okay? So you can go hit the market 
and then test free agency and whatever another team will pay you, then obviously you'll get paid that money as well. Okay. So when it comes to Aaron Jones, it was the same exact thing. They went to Aaron Jones and were like, Hey, look, you know, here's the ballpark where we need your cap hit to be. Here's what we're thinking. Right. And would you rather do that or test the market? Now, I don't think Aaron Jones, being the great Packer that he is and, and the team player he is and the team leader, and just like Goody said, the heart and soul of this team, which I know we had beat reporters that were scoffing at that and, and joking about it. Oh, they're full of crap. They're lying. I believe that. I think Goody believes that. I think Aaron Jones is everything you want in a football player. I think they went to him and he said, you know what, I want to do what's best for the team. And, you know, somebody asked him, Ryan pointed this out on his podcast. Somebody actually asked him, you know, what made you want to take the pay cut? And he kind of downplayed the pay cut and was like, I'm still getting paid more than I ever have. I don't really yeah. consider it a pay cut because the way the contracts are structured and they can be maneuvered with this cash over cap game. Because essentially what cash over cap means is we're willing to write you a check and give you cash now, right? So we can reduce the cap hit as opposed to we're not going to pay you the money right now, but we're absorbing a bigger cap hit. Okay, that's that's what Andrew Brandt means by cash over cap. So um, I hope that answered the question, Jacob. But essentially, yeah, yeah. yeah what, what you're what you're saying, to, what you're going to do with Aaron Jones, you're going to do to him. Is, all right, you're 30 years old. I don't know what people will give you on the market, but we definitely can't have you at a cap hit of 17.7 million. So what are, what's the option here? Another pay cut. Right. And, and how do you do that? OK, let's just say, um, OK, are you willing to take another six million dollar pay cut and stay around that 11 million? Right. And, and, you know, essentially, if he says yes, okay, great. Okay, he's still going to make that $11 million at 30 years old. You know, if he's healthy, I think that's a good move for the Packers too, right? I really do. Yeah. So um, that's really what it comes down to. Now, if he wants to play hardball and says, no, I already took a pay cut. Now, I'm not, I'm not suggesting that Aaron Jones does this. But if he says, I'm not, uh, okay, you've got to ask yourself, is it worth it to cut him outright and potentially have those voidable years accelerate? Even if, let's pretend they don't accelerate to the current year. Right. You're only freeing up five million in cap. That's why I look at Aaron Jones and go, okay, if he's not injury prone, if he's still he hasn't lost a step, okay, and he's playing playing well and he's still a dual threat in both the passing and the running game, I think he's worth 17.7, me personally. But at the same time, if you can free some of that up, awesome. So what they would probably do if he plays hardball is they would go to that eleven. You see the eleven point one million in base salary, right? Yep. You could go to that and say, All right, here's what we're gonna do. Aaron, we're going to write you a $5 million check. We're going to co convert $5 million of that base salary to signing bonus, all right, and we'll give you a $5 million check. He, There's no way in, in any way, shape, or form would Aaron Jones or any other player go, no, I don't need $5 million in my pocket. I'm going to keep this the way it is, and I might lose that $5 million if I get cut, right? They're not going to do it. So put $5 million in his pocket, then you take that $5 million and spread it out over those voidable years of 2025, 2026, and 2027. So with that $5 million, over three years, you do the math. Let's overcompensate and say it's another two million. Well, now his cap hit for 2025 would be 4.4 million. In 2026, it would be 4.4 million, and in 2027, it would be roughly three million. Can I ask I you a question, quick? Yeah. So, if I'm not mistaken, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Are both of our running backs going into a contract year next year? Uh, actually, AJ Dillon is. This is his contract year this year. AJ okay, Dillon. So my yeah. point being, have you ever seen recently or anything that you can think of where I think that our two starting running backs, our two franchise quote unquote running backs, both of them, that the organization are in a, I would say a more, I don't want to say aggressive or possessive, but like we're in a position of strength where that 
both of our running backs, AJ Dillon specifically, has been like, I want to stay in in Green Bay. I want to live here. Absolutely. I want to die here. My family's here. I think that we have the negotiating high ground here for both of these running backs, and they both express that they want to stay in this franchise. Am I crazy yeah. by saying that? Or no, I think it's absolutely. I think it's on one, point. And when big, we get, I think, I think Jones, like you talked about, sorry to interrupt you. I, I no, think Jones is looking at what his. He's not a he's not a basher. He's not an in between the tackles guy. He is, but he's not seen that way. He's seen right. as a scat back. He's seen as a third down back. He's seen as a not an every down back. Even though I I argue that he is hundred percent. Right. Right. Uh, you know, AJ Dillon, on the other hand, is seen more of a a bruiser, a third down back, a short yardage guy, a guy that maybe hasn't put it all together. I argue that both of those guys would be able to kind of rise above those, and they're more of all three three down backs full full you know what i'm saying like actually full capacity running backs but i also think that both of them look at the market they look at what the running backs are getting they look at what they have in green bay for various reasons one being family one being continuity one having I mean, aaron jones you know that whole thing about him losing his dad's necklace after his dad died on the remember that when that happened when he lost yeah. the goal line and the strength and condition uh i think it was the strength and conditioning coach stayed out there combing over the field with like on his hands and knees at four <laughs> o'clock in the morning until he found his dad's locket. Aaron Jones doesn't want to leave his team. I, no, I just I see that in him. I see the way that he understands football, the way he respects it, the way he talks about his mother and his father. I believe he's a military kid and that his, both his mother and father were um, service members. There's just a loyalty there. And I see the same thing in AJ Dillon. So contracts like, I love that Clayton can get into the weeds here and it's probably one of the best things about Clayton. Cause I have no freaking idea what he's talking about half the time when he's going into these contract situations, <laughs> but the players do and the NFLPA does and the players, <clears throat> that's a major, major component. And I think that what, what did we talked about before Clayton is that like green Bay, Wisconsin was considered basically a dead zone in the NFL until mm-hmm. 1990s. Would yep. you would you agree with that? And obviously that had to do with a lot of people, Ron Wolf, Brett Favre, Reggie, a lot of people coming there changing the landscape. <clears throat> and now what's really cool is to think that the Green Bay Packers are a, a, a place that takes care of their own. We pay our guys, but it's also an NFL UDFA like oasis right now. Mm-hmm. And that's another reason. I think to me it's a guy like like we look at the Aaron Jones, the the AJ Dillons, it's a it's a it's a league. It's a, it's a team and an organization that wants to take care of their own. And granted, you know, the, usually like we talked about with offensive linemen, you get your two contracts and then we kind of send you to the old offensive lineman farm in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> but right. it, is, it is just really cool. Like it's, we, we talk about all the time. What do you always say? We're not gathering talent. We're building a team. Is that what, is yep. that what it is? And, and I really yep. do believe that. And I think Aaron Jones is bought in. And again, I know we're talking about contracts, but I think, the Green Bay Packers transcend numbers, data, figures, and it is about number one, like taking care of yourself, your family, your team, your community, and I. It's really cool because you see these guys coming in out of Green Bay. They come in a certain way and they leave, just like I hate to say brainwash, but brainwash in a great way, like yeah. reformed, where it's just like they. <clears throat> I and I think the guys want to stay in Green Bay and they will take a pay cut because they realize that their life. You looked at like I, you know, Randall Cobb, Jordy Nelson. They talked about how this was the best time of their lives with their families. Even Aaron, Aaron talked about. Aaron. It. it was just like he didn't want to leave this area. No, 
No. no. So I, I just, again, when Clinton talks about money and contracts, I think there is something that you need to think about, which is the human element in that mm-hmm. numbers and cents make sense, but emotions are a little bit more in between the lines. So, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So the other one I was going to look at was Preston Smith. I'm just going to save you guys the time. You got roughly 10 million you can free up there. So the reason I pointed all that out is between David Bakhtiari, Kenny Clark, Jair Alexander, Aaron Jones, Preston Smith. We didn't even mention Elton Jenkins, but um, you've got roughly 68 million in potential that you could free up. Let's just cut that in half. This is what I did last year. And they actually went over it a little bit with the restructures, but let's cut that in half. So essentially you're going to have 34 million on top of the $6 million that you already have that you could spend if you wanted to do simple restructures. Now, why do I mention that? It's, it's real simple. If we go out this year, guys, and we compete at the highest level and we put together a playoff team, then Goody's going to step back and go, all right, we're competing. Here's the, here's the game plan. Let's look at restructuring some of these contracts. You free up $34 million, right, plus the $6 million, so let's call it $40 million. Okay, That's what you're going to have going in. Now, I'm going to pull up a graphic here real quick. This is the current salary cap. Keep in mind, this does not include the draft class, and this is before any restructures we talk about. The Packers, um, I think the ticker is actually covering it up. Let me hide that real quick. You see the Packers are 20th with $20.2 million in cap. Okay, So, again, if we tallied up the $14.2 million in the 2023 draft class, assuming the 2024 draft class would be the same or similar, I think it will be maybe a little bit less. Could be wrong there because we might potentially have an extra first-round pick, so let's keep it at the 14.2. If you were to take that off, um, then that puts you in that $6 range that we talked about. Now, if you tack on the $40 let's say we did have a successful season and we're competing, now you've got $46 million you can spend in free agency, okay? So you got $46 million that you can spend. Now, again, we cut the maximum restructure value in half to play it safe, right? But – there's something we're forgetting here, right, guys? We got three guys coming up for contracts that I think are you should be able to keep. Here are the free agents that are set to hit the market from the Green Bay Packers in 2024. I came up with three guys I would want back on the roster. The others, I'm willing to offer them a minimum and let them walk, okay? The three, let's go down the list here. First of all, you've got Yash Nyman, you've got uh, Keyshawn Nixon, you've got Rashawn Gary, Darnell Savage, Jonathan Ford, which is actually Rudy Ford, the safety. Uh, Dallin Levitt, the safety. A.J. Dillon, the running back. Justin Hollins, outside linebacker. Eric Wilson, outside linebacker. Tight end, Josiah DeGuara. Tight end, Tyler Davis. Uh, safety, Jonathan Owens. Safety, Zane Anderson. Guard, John Runyon. Uh, tackle, Caleb Jones. Punter, Daniel Whelan. And then you've got running back, Tyler Goodson, I think is the only other one on the list there. Okay, so the, the one that I did leave off there that I would consider re-signing would be John Runyon because he, he is – proven to be a solid right guard in a pass blocking game. And that's definitely the most important when it comes to uh, our front office, but let's focus on Rashawn Gary, AJ Dillon and Keyshawn Nixon. Keep in mind, guys, we've got 40 million to spend. We had a great year. Okay. And, and again, some of this stuff like the Rashawn Gary contract needs to be done sooner than later. The longer we wait, if he comes out and has a great year, it's going to cost more money and things are going to start to get awkward potentially like they did with Devonte Adams. But keep in mind with Devonte Adams, he was going for his third contract. Typically, the Packers won't sign that third contract unless they're, quote-unquote, a generational player, which I personally think Rashawn Gary has the potential of being. But essentially, you should have a second contract set up for him. Okay, So when you look at it from that perspective, some of you guys are going, okay, well, what's Rashawn Gary going to cost us? I'm glad you asked. Here it is. Uh, Spotrack does a great job 
of calculated market value. Okay, so what they did was they took the top four at at the uh, or com- quote unquote comparable players and look at these names, guys. Rashawn Gary is comparable to T.J. Watt, Max Crosby, Bradley Chubb, and Leonard Williams, all great edge defenders, right? So when you look at the contracts that they signed and the age in which they signed them, right, you now come up with a uh, kind of a cost comparison and say, okay, what would it be worth? What would Rashawn Gary be worth? And if you scroll on down, which I don't have it here, I just have a screenshot of this page. If you were to scroll on down, it would show you why they came up with the number of $26 million annually because they're comparing statistics and success rate to those other four players, okay? So essentially what Spotrack is saying is an average salary – of $26 million. Now, keep in mind, it's not just salary. That's They're, they're kind of referring to salary cap hit because you're going to have to factor everything in as far as bonuses. So his current contract, obviously, is his average is only $3.9 million. Now, of course, he's on the fifth-year option this year. They're saying his market value would be four years, $104 million, average salary of $26 million, NFL ranked 22nd highest contract, and third amongst outside linebackers. Basically, based off of his production. Now, the injury throws a wrench into this a bit, but let's assume that Rashawn Gary's coming back, he's as healthy as ever, and he's the same old dog he always was. Essentially what we're looking at, a good, easy way to factor this in is exactly what they're saying is the calculated market value. Oh, and by the way, guys, this last offseason, I, I monitored this with the current free agents hitting the market. Spotrack absolutely nailed these numbers. I mean, they were right in the ballpark of two to three million. I mean, they, they had a, a a fairly high number on Alan Lazard, and I was going, bullshit, right? No way, no way. And, sh- and he actually exceeded it a little bit. I'm like, these guys know. They put in all this data. They they do a great job at Spotrack and, and factoring yeah. this stuff up. So let's assume we re-sign Rashawn Gary for $26 million, okay? We re-sign Rashawn Gary. I think we would all agree we want to do that, right? So you take the $26 million off of the 40 That leaves you with $14 million, okay? Now let's move on to our boy A.J. Dillon. What's A.J. Dillon's fair market value? Glad you asked. $4.6 million. They're saying his market value is three years, $13.8 million, average salary of four point six. Now they're saying that's his market value. They're saying that's what he can get on the market. Now we're talking hometown discount. So what you can do to get creative with these hometown discounts is you could go to him and say, hey, look, man, what if we gave you a little bit more guaranteed money but less salary, right? That way you've got more guaranteed in your pocket, and you might be able to get that cap hit somewhere down to $3.5 million, right? There's ways that you can do that, and I think he would. So these people that are thinking that A.J. Dillon's going to walk in free agency because he's wanting $10 million per year, there is absolutely no data that no. suggests that he's worth – you know, anywhere near the top of the running back market, which Jonathan Taylor was asking for 17 million. Uh, Josh Jacobs, I think, landed 12 million per year for one year deal, too, by the way. So there's there's really there's not much there's not much uh, security there at all as far as guarantees. It's very incentive based too, to the best of my knowledge. So that's the number you're looking at for A.J. Dillon. So let's say with a hometown discount, we get him at four million per cap hit. OK. So four million per that leaves us with ten million left. Okay, so that's how we're sitting there. Um, now, Keyshawn Nixon, they did not do a market, a calculated market value, but the number I came up with based off what he's getting paid now. Let's assume he goes out and he is right at the top, top three, maybe even the best kick returner in the game. Let's assume that we'd be willing to give him five million again because essentially what we did with Keyshawn Nixon, I wish I had his contract screenshot, but I didn't. We signed him to roughly a five or a six million dollar deal. 
but we on a one year deal, we tacked on three voidable years. Right. And three voidable years. Um, we spread that out. So the cap hit this year was like a little over two million dollars against the cap this year, which is you know nothing. But we're going to be paying on it a little bit down the road with like one point three, another uh, another one point seven. And then I think less than a million, whatever the number was. But remember precedent. And this is the part I don't want to say because I love Keyshawn Nixon. I absolutely love the guy. But and, and I love Kenny Clark. But to the best of my knowledge, when the Packers have added unvoidable years, once they finish that last active year on the contract, they let them walk and they don't even resign them. Yep. So that's the precedent we have to go off of right now. So if you were to say, Clayton, you got to bet one way or another, you got to bet the farm. Are they bringing Kenny Clark back after 2024? Are they bringing Keyshawn Nixon back after 2023? I would have to say no, because that's what the data suggests. But again, it doesn't mean they won't do that. So essentially what you're looking at after that $5 million, if you did bring back Keyshawn Nixon, you've essentially got all of your big-name players back with the exception of losing John Runyon, okay, which I'm cool with bringing him back. I don't know what he'd be worth. I don't know if he'd be $2 million, $7 million, whatever it might be. You can let him test the market, come back a lot cheaper. And if that's the case, then, you know, even without him, you're looking at having $5 million in cap space. And you've got Rashawn Gary under contract. You've got A.J. Dillon under contract. You've got Keyshawn Nixon under contract. So that's the scenario I see. And the reason I want to lay that out, that's the scenario I see, Jacob, if they have a good year. If you come out this year and you compete, you go, all right, let's load up again. Let's go hit another draft class. Let's bring our boys back. Let's bring Rashawn Gary back, A.J. Dillon back, Keyshawn Nixon back. Let's work something out with John Runyon. Let's reload through the draft. Might get a discounted free agent here or there. And you're you're competing. Now, if things go awry, right, if, if we crap the bed this year, then you could be looking at Dilling. You'd be looking at, at Dylan David Bakhtiari, right? And you'd be, you know, looking at kind of, I don't want to say rebuilding, but kind of resetting from a different angle there. And you, uh, I think you still bring back Rashawn Gary, but you're probably not going to bring yeah. back your AJ Dillon, your Keyshawn Nixon, because they're going to miss that window of trying to win. But go ahead, Jake. What you got, man? No, man. I guess I was just, um, I was just trying to think in perspective, like, so. We've hit it, in my opinion, for the last two draft seasons, right? So I would argue that this last draft class, I mean, we're already showing that these guys are going to be playing. Last year's draft class are moving up. Um, because of the fact that we've maybe swung it out of the park with these last two, and I shouldn't say we swung out of the park, but in theory, if these two draft classes pay off the way that we think they are, and the fact that we're so young, I mean, so, so young, does that start to tip the salary cap projections after this year and next year and then we go into a grace zone where we have like half the team is on their three-year rookie contracts and half of them have a little bit more of that um sway because they're first or second round don't they get a little bit more grace period there with the first and second round picks or something like that i'm i'm so sorry man i, I don't think i'm understanding the question try it one more time ask me one more time. i'm so i'm sorry man so guys that are going in with their rookie contracts Mm -hmm. on their draft classes so our last draft class and the draft class before that are basically starters right now for our team mm -hmm. how is that going to affect our draft cap going into the next maybe year two year three from now where we have a lot of guys still on their rookie contract and we possibly have a bunch more new rookies being signed and we're not necessarily have to pay them the bank for the next three four five years depending on where they got drafted in that scenario because we're so young are we able now, like people say it's not a rebuild year and it's more of like a, I would definitely not call this a rebuild other than the fact that it's at the key position, obviously the quarterback, but are we in a position yeah. now where we're so loading up with young talent that we, we could be in a very good cap position in like two years, three years from now. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, no, it's it's a great point. And that could definitely be it. I mean, you look at across the, the, the NFL landscape, where's all the money being spent? It's quarterback, it's left tackle, it's wide receiver now, and it's edge, right? Well, if you look at the edge room, of course, if we re-sign Rashawn Gary, that's going to be at the top of the market. But let's say Lucas Van Ness comes out and absolutely lights it up. You know, we didn't even mention Preston Smith. We mentioned, you know, possibly freeing up $10 million, but we could cut him outright too, right? That's something they could do is just get him off the books because Lucas Van Ness is ready to roll. But with Lucas Van Ness, you know, he's got four years. You know, essentially, he comes back next year. Let's say this year he proves himself that he can be a starter by the end of the year, and next year we come out and he's the starter. We've got him for three more years. He right. can't. You, the CBA won't even allow you to renegotiate a contract or or an extension, I should say, until two years into their career. So you're at least going to get one year at a fairly good discounted rate. Now, some people are going, Clayton, no, nah, man, he's a first-round pick. Guys, the way the CBA was, you know, the way the league was collectively bargained this last time, between the union and the owners, the owners, I mean, they had them over a barrel. They hit it out of the park because, you know, in the past, these rookie contracts were crazy high. And, and a lot of the veterans are going, well, this isn't fair. There needs to be more money spent on the veterans. And and they couldn't see the forest for the trees, man. What they should have realized is, hold, hold it up a minute. At least somebody's getting this money because now what the teams are doing is go, okay, yeah, that sounds good to us. Yeah, you're right. These rookies shouldn't get paid that money. Lucas Van Ness this year is $3.1 million against the cap. If he comes out and he's an absolute stud by the end of the year, look at the swing between him and – what if he – I'm not suggesting this to be the case, okay, Jacob, but let's just pretend for a second that Lucas Van Ness comes out this year and by the end of the year he is just as, if not more effective than Rashawn Gary. Let's just play along here. If that's the case, he's going to be $23 million less against the cap than a guy that he's playing at a premier position, that level tier one of importance, in my opinion. Right. And – it's like that's that's how you win the cash over cap game. If you're going to play cash over cap and kick the can down the road a bit to stay relevant in the moment, then what you've got to do is you absolutely 100% have to hit on those those draft picks, especially the late rounders. And you know, like that's why I get so excited about Carl Brooks. When I look at Carl Brooks, I'm like, this dude could come out and be a starter by next year. Look at his cap hit. I'm gonna pull it up real quick. I'm just gonna look. I won't share it on the screen. But Carl Brooks. Where is he at? He's way down here. Guys, his cap hit this year is $800,000. Imagine, imagine if he turns out to be a great three-technique defensive lineman, which in my in my opinion is that level one tier of importance. That you know, I consider that a premier position now because not because I'm smart and I think, okay, that's what that's what Clayton thinks is uh is the most important position. It's because people who have been around the league that I trust are saying that your Michael Lombardi's are going to look a lot of teams think they have a three tech and they don't have a three tech. When you've got a three tech, the whole game plan changes because you're playing on the outside shoulder of that guard and they're not able to double team because when you've got a wide front, whether it's a tight front or what have you, if you've got a wide edge on each side, you're isolating those tackles on the outside and now you're forcing an isolation between the guard and that three tech, right? That's the beauty of the three tech. So it's uh yeah, dude, you you're you absolutely nailed it, Jacob. Like that's how you build a good roster is hitting on those draft picks. Now, how you know the draft is a, it's a crapshoot, right? We've seen that some of the some of the prospects we expected to absolutely be home runs were complete flops, right? And and vice versa, some of the later ones are home runs. But we we know there's no we know there's no exact science to hitting on good draft picks, but we do know this: it's a percentage game. 
Now, how do you up your chances of getting more? You have more draft picks. Better shot. Later draft picks. Exactly. Exactly. Correct. <laughs> so, um, and think about Carrington Valentine. That's another one. What if he hits? What if it? What if the hops real with Carrington Valentine? I'm not suggesting it is. Although, by the way, listen to this. I was listening to KSR today. I was listening to the Kentucky Wildcats pregame show. Which, by the way, their their broadcast sounded worse than mine because it was all crackly. I'm going, man, they got a long extension cord too. They're, they're, they got it ran down the holler too. But they said, yeah, the, the real question for this Kentucky team, and we won't be tested today against Ball State, but on down the road in the SEC, they said the real question with this Kentucky team is how are they going to fill that void that Carrington Valentine's leaving? They said that he not only is he was he the best defensive back in this secondary, but he was the emotional leader on that defense. I was going, let's go, baby, let's go. So what if they did hit on him? Again, I'm not predicting that. I'm not suggesting that. But let's say that he lives up to the hype. Then you're going to have that guy on his rookie deal. Let's slide down here and check him out. Oh, 775000 against the cap this year. Nice. Now, think of a scenario where you let Eric Stokes walk, right, and Carrington Valentine steps right into that role, and then two years from now, Rasul walks. You're freeing up all that cap because, like, Rasul this year – let me pull up Rasul. Or something like that. Yeah, let's see Let's see what it is this year. This year is cap hit. Um, see, they did a restructure with him. That's right. I forgot about that. Uh, only $4.4 million against the cap this year for Rasul Douglas. But when you pull up uh, in 2024, his cap hit is 11.6. They've got three voidable years with 2.5 million, 800,000, and 800,000 on it. So, uh, you know, next year, if that doesn't accelerate from the voidable years, depending on the structure of the contract, then what you're essentially going to have is $5 million in dead cap and $11 million in cap hit, meaning you could cut him outright and free up $6 million. We're not even talking about that. We could even restructure that too. He's got six point two in base salary and $2 million in roster bonus. Let's say you took $3 million of that and converted it to signing bonus, spread it out over 25, 26, and 27, then that alone is going to free you up another $3 million. You can keep Brazil on the, on the roster. But the big value there is Carrington Valentine if he is a hit having him for less than a million dollars cap hit. So Goody, Goody was in his bag this draft. And and I'm I'm hoping it wasn't just preseason hot because if these boys play like they did in the preseason, Jacob, I'm telling you, man, we we've got a ton of contracts, exactly what you just laid out, that's going to be valuable for the next three to five years. And uh this is something maybe we can close with real quick here. Mm-hmm. I, I thought this was amazing. Nobody had put this on paper and shown this to me and I'm going to read it to you guys just so we may, you know, I would like to think that I'm, I'm confident in this team. I know that Clayton's confident in this team. I'm hoping that our viewership here is confident, you know, careful, but confident kind of thing. <laughs> we don't know what to expect, but let's look at this. We're looking at a defense that looks arguably better than we've seen it in a long, long time. And we've got an, a quarterback and an offense that we, I think that when they put it together, it can be very, very uh, productive. So let's look at this. For the next 18 weeks, if I were to tell you the starting quarterbacks of the teams that we're about to face, tell me if this makes you either more hopeful or more fearful of the season upcoming. Week one, Justin Fields. Week two, Desmond Ritter. Week three, Derek Carr. Week four, Jared Goff. Week five, Jimmy Garoppolo. Week six, a bye. Week seven, Russell Wilson. Week 8, Kirk Cousins. Week 9, Matthew Stafford. Week 10, Kenny Pickett. Week 11, Justin Herbert. Week 12, Jared Goff. Week 13, Patrick. The, I talk like I'm Kermit the Frog, but I'm so good, Mahomes. <laughs> week 14, Daniel Dimes, a.k.a. Daniel Jones. Week 15, Baker Mayfield. 
Week 16, Bryce Young. Week 17, Kirk Cousins. Week 18, Justin Fields. Guys, do you see a pattern there? There's not many good quarterbacks in that league. Like, I'm just no. saying, this, this, this could be a sneaky good team if we put these things together. Going against that type of – I mean, those are rookie quarterbacks, first-year quarterbacks, struggling quarterbacks, back-end-of-their-career quarterbacks. That's yeah. – I'm just saying. I'm not saying. Yeah, I think you're looking at it from a very realistic standpoint, man. I really do. Because, um, you know, you guys know when I when I pick a game, I've kind of given you guys the formula. Middle some eight. people like – some. yeah, that, that that's the live betting. But when it comes to like, hey, who do you think is going to win this game, win or lose this game, the, the main factors that I come in with, you focus on the premier positions and the head coach. All right, head-to-head head coach matchup. Who's the better head coach, right? All right, let's put that in the bank. Then you got quarterback to quarterback. Okay, who's got the better quarterback? Got it. All right, who's got the better edges? Okay, got it. Who's got the better tackle? Okay, got it. Those are the things I kind of put into play. And if Bakhtiari, that's what I'm saying about Bach, man. If he comes out and he's truly healthy and he's still playing at a high level, man, bring him back next year. But And that's if the team is winning. But, yeah, man, when you look at the quarterback matchups, I think Jordan's going to surprise some people. And it's all going to come down to exactly what you just alluded to, Jacob. It's going to be turnover differential. And, and situational football, i.e. the middle eight. That's what it's going to come down to. It's all about momentum. It's all about protecting the football, all those things that we talk about. So um, it's going to be interesting, dude. We're in for a, a fun year. There's no doubt about that. But, um, yeah, so uh, let's do this, man. Let's go ahead and wrap this thing up. You got anything else that you want to share here before we uh, we hop off here, man? No, man, like I said, it's just great to talk Packers football. As always, uh, we did record a – fantasy podcast uh packer net fantasy podcast today i sent it already to you clayton so if you guys get a chance probably be uploaded in the next couple days we just recapped one of our um crazy drafts that we did and we looked ahead at some of the um the matchups for week one and kind of like like we just talked about they are not giving the packers any credit uh prize picks which love prize picks sponsor how you doing prize picks uh they are not <laughs> touching jordan love with a 10-foot pole so usually they'll give a over under on certain uh stats they are doing a seasonal over under i believe it's set at like rate under 3300 yards passing which to me i'm, I'm grabbing that over um but they are not doing the week to week matchup like there is there are no green bay packers right now set for prize picks when you do the weekly matchups which to me is very like even prize picks are like well you have no idea we're not even going <laughs> to wind down here. We have no idea what's going on. So they're going to they're going to wait until like maybe week one or two until they start putting down. And that's to me, it's kind of intriguing in a way because they're like, we don't know. We don't know if they're a boomer bust. Um, I'm a little I'm starting to get a little bit worried about Romeo Dobbs's hamstring because it just seems like they're yeah. kind of I don't know, man. That's one of those injuries where it's like it could be a week. It could be the half a season. I don't know. I don't want to think about it, but. I will say that for once, this is a weird season where I thought that I'd be so scared and not confident in this league at all. If Romeo Dobbs doesn't go, I'm strangely confident that Malik Heath is going to go in there and ball out. <laughs> and I don't even care. And if Jordan Love breaks his knee, God forbid, please don't let that happen. Please. I'm weirdly <laughs> confident that Sean Clifford's going to come in and be like, all right, let's go. And just... <laughs> He'll figure so it out. I'll do it. Yeah. Like he'll figure it out. So I, I'm just, I'm excited. Hope burns eternal. I'm just, I'm, 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 I'm so excited. Oh, dude. We are what five days away from kickoff. Oof. Yeah. 
bro. It's it's going to be awesome, man. It's a beautiful thing. Like I get way more excited for this time of the year than I do the playoffs. I love the season that leads up to the playoffs. And once you get to the playoffs, it's like, all right, man, all the teams are good. It's going to come down to you know situational football. Who's the better coaches and and who plays in the in the key moment? But that season leading up, and especially week one, like we talked about, the fall in Wisconsin. And, Lambeau Field. Just hearing Wayne Larravee say at some point in the first five weeks, we're, we're live from a sun-splashed Lambeau Field. I love hearing that, dude. It's yeah. just like, man, it's football season. It is football season. But I want to say thanks to everybody in the chat, man. I know we couldn't comment on the chat um, much because we were trying to break down all that information. I didn't want to get sidetracked and all that good stuff. But I want to thank everybody, Dakota, Cheesehead, Murph, Perfect Dark, Kevin, uh, Brad Christian, Mike Berry, uh, see Roger Davis, the angry casual fan, still one of my favorite handles right there. Bruce Skinner. Um, let's see who else. Red Mo. Yeah, everybody, man, you guys are awesome. Again, I'm sorry I couldn't interact with the chat as much tonight for that reason. But And I appreciate the compliments. I'm not going to be egotistical enough to put them on the screen. But please understand, I read your comments, and I really appreciate the kind words. I'm I And I am. I know you guys think I'm playing dumb. I am a dumb redneck from Tennessee. I've just watched enough football. And I've covered, I've followed this stuff enough that I better know it. I better know something about it, or else I've wasted a good portion of my life. <laughs> so, and again, I'm not perfect. I'm sure I screwed some stuff up. I'm sure there's some minor tweaks and details. That's why I always tell people when I give a number, especially an end product, leave a five million dollar buffer in there because you typically have a five million dollar buffer between Spotrack and over the cap. Some people prefer over the cap. I prefer Spotrack. I think they do it. Um, it it's kind of like the salary cap for dummies as opposed to the over the cap is probably a little more uh, takes, you know, a little more intelligence and that's not down my alley. So again, thank you guys so much for the kind words in the chat. want to thank all the uh, YouTube members as well. The members of the PTA posse, we appreciate you. And if you guys want to join that, you just uh, simply click on join on our YouTube homepage. I think for like as little as two ninety nine a month, you can become a member and uh, keep in mind that we're giving away an autograph. Lucas Van Ness jersey, just like this one right here. Um, we're going to give that away during the post-game show immediately following the Packers-Bears game and the second-place winner in that drawing where we're going to spin the wheel. You're actually going to win exactly what Jacob is showing you here, which is basically a game-worn piece of an Aaron Rodgers jersey, piece of memorabilia there, a really cool piece uh, of memorabilia. So make sure you guys get yourself entered into that. Like I said, just become a YouTube member. Again, People started joining the YouTube page. I didn't even know it was an option. And I was like, man, I got to do something to kind of thank them. We've already got another giveaway keyed up. So don't don't think that this is just going to be a one-time thing and one and done. The goal is to give stuff away all year long. Uh, I'll go ahead and give you a teaser. The next one is an autographed jersey as well. And he's one of my favorite players. Um, I like fullbacks and I like linebackers. Those are, those are my two favorite positions. So I'll just go ahead and say it. After this Lucas Van Ness autograph giveaway, We've actually got a John Kuhn autographed jersey we're going to be giving away. So, yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun, too. So, again, thank you guys in the chat for hanging out with us. For those of you listening on the pod, thank you for making us a part of your day. As always, let's go out and be the change that we want to see in the world. And go back up. The power sweep. Actually, it's the, it's the lead play in our, in our offense. Tell the tackle. Take the defensive end if he's over. If he's not.
to get a seal here and a seal here and try to run this play in the alley. 